Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Scoopy Radio. On your airwaves, on the plane. On the train, everywhere you want to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoopy. Instagram, Scoop underscore B. Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. Make sure to subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. And on the line right now is somebody who uh, I respect. Uh, it's none other than ESPN's senior NBA writer, Ramona Shelburne. What's going on, man? How are you? Trying to make it happen. <laughs> I like that. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm trying to make it happen too. It's, it's, it's usually I'm trying to make it happen. Get get to my get to work on time, right? Get to, get to hustle up and drive to LA traffic on time. You know, I visited LA for the first time uh, last year during NBA All Star Weekend, and um, you know, I, for me, um, LA traffic is is very weird. Yeah, it's not. It's not like Orlando traffic. It's not like New York traffic. It just sits there. The, the difference between L.A. and almost anywhere else you would go is just how big the actual city is. Mm-hmm. Like, the city city is just, is nice, like, downtown. Of the but there's, like, five big cities inside of Los Angeles, even, right? And, like, mm-hmm. to drive from the end of Los Angeles, if you go north, south, or east, west, is, like, two hours in either direction, at least. <laughs> right, so it's like it's just—it's not even really a city. Like if you go to New York, okay, we're talking about Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You got the borough, right? Like yeah. even that area—that's like not even like the just degree geographic size is mm. not even as nothing compared to LA. LA is massive. It's different. It's different. And you are Miss LA. Um, when I look at your body of work, the thing that I'm most impressed with. Um, in comparison to maybe some of our other peers, is the fact that you actually played. Um, you were at Stanford University, uh, played softball uh, there. And uh, what I think is interesting is you have the pulse of what's going on in LA. You have gained the trust of players. How much do you think your, um, I guess, your having played softball 
translated perfectly into your writing career and then, you know, ultimately covering professional basketball teams in the NBA? To be honest, like when you're an athlete, like you know how to talk to other athletes. So I think it's uh, not that playing college softball is equivalent to playing in the NBA, but Mm -hmm. you understand what it takes training-wise, you understand what the demands on your time are, but also like, I think one of the biggest things is like you sort of understand that when like somebody is not doing what they're supposed to be doing on the on the court, on the field, whatever it is, like if the performance isn't there, that they don't need some journalist to come tell them that they suck. They already know it. Like <laughs> I knew it, right? Like like I don't I'm not shedding any light on you know, if a dude misses two free throws at the end of the game, he knows it. He knows that he blew the game. So like the way I ask the question is not in a sort of like smart assy way. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's done with a lot of empathy. It's done with a sort of like, I understand you're probably just as mad about this, but, you know, right. And I, mm-hmm. I think just even having that perspective as an athlete, uh, you know, I think it's helped over the years. Plus I, you know, I'm just not as interested in um, that kind of journalism anyway. I, I just like writing about people who play sports, right. I'm interested in like, how they do what they do. I like the drama. I like the fun of. I like the fun of special. Like, I, I just think there's really there's really interesting people doing incredible things under a lot of pressure with a big spotlight on them every day of the week, and it's interesting to see how they handle it and how they perform and the ways in which they um, try to handle it. And so, you know, I don't I don't need to get into tricking people into something or overhearing things and you know that's that's not my style. Um, I just think people's stories are good enough as is, and you actually get better stories when people trust you enough to open up and let you know what's going on inside their head. It's been NBA Insider Ramona Shelburne joins Scoopy Radio. You, um, to me, uh, have been pretty much on, spot on with the Lakers this season, obviously you being in L.A. Do you think that LeBron James um, and the injury on Christmas was the turning point for the Lakers season, or do you think the distractions of Anthony Davis were more an issue? Oh, I think the injury 1,000%. Um, the, the, the Anthony Davis stuff came later, but the injury is, it was the most serious injury of LeBron's career. So that's the start there. Um, and for him not to be on the court, like he's not able to influence anything. I mean, you know, behind the scenes, you can say you can have conversations with people. You can, you know, try to talk to them or or keep them head in the right direction. But if you're not on the court to reinforce that, if you're not on the court to perform and do what he does as LeBron James, like, it really changes things. And mm-hmm. he didn't just miss a little time. He missed 18 out of 19. He missed a quarter of the season. Yeah. That, was, that was a long time. And, like, especially when Anthony Davis stuff is going on, and things are, you know, things are flying around, and people, if, if there if there are trust issues, right? If people are looking to see, kind of like, do you want to get me out? Do you, you know, you not think I'm good? Like, if he was all on the court with them, and like that's where you connect mm-hmm. as men, as what, teammates, whatever. Like that that would have really changed things. But if he's not on the court with them to, to reinforce everything, wow, that it really it really hurts. It really hurts. Uh, in chemistry there because he was not out there. And no, and not just chemistry, just performance. He's LeBron James. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, they needed it. They don't have depth of talent on that. So when you don't have LeBron out there, like, you know, 
you are, there is no way, shape, or form you're ever going to be a better team. You're local to L.A., but you travel. Um, LeBron James is an entity in and of itself. Uh, he's played twice yeah. in Cleveland. He's played in Miami. He's in L.A. What, for you, uh, is the biggest thing that you've learned about LeBron, seeing him daily in L.A. that maybe you didn't know during his time in Cleveland and, and Miami? So I don't know if I've learned all that much this year. And I, that might be the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't feel like we really got to see LeBron. <laughs> like, he's played and he's been here, but um, I think he kind of took his time trying to open up to L.A., like, kind of. And, and some of it is... Um, Someone's like, who's going to make the first move? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, he has a recognition that just goes down. Kobe's played 20 years here. Kobe's, the, you know, in the eyes of younger Laker fans, Kobe's the greatest. In the eyes of older fans, it's probably Magic. Okay, Magic his boss. So, and Kobe is sitting in Orange County making news cage, right? Like, those two pretty big, pretty big names still out here in L.A. And, like, LeBron you know, rightfully so, kind of took his time trying to ask for, um, trying to ask for LA's affection and earn LA's affection, right? And so mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of what he did was like he was somebody new in town and he brought a bunch of his old friends, right? And I hmm. mean like friends like Rich Paul and Robert Carter and all those, those guys were already here. But, uh, you know, David Graham moved out here and Joe Barton is out here all the time and, um, uh, Allie from, from, Allie works for the Lakers now, right? Um, mm-hmm. Allie Clifton, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of, a lot of what he knew in Cleveland has sort of been transported to LA, but there, are, there aren't a lot of new friends yet. There aren't a lot of new people around him, um, right. or LA people. And so, like, some of that I can, I can respect because it's like there's a recognition that, like, you gotta earn whatever you're gonna get in LA rather than expect it just because you're LeBron. But on the other hand, it's it kind of, you say, what did you learn about him? I mean, I already knew LeBron from Cleveland. I just didn't see much of a different side from him in L.A. this year because there, there wasn't much to show, right? I mean, he, he, he missed a lot of games. And when he has played, like, they've been about 500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, for those who are listening, uh, Ramona wrote an excellent piece on on March 5th. Uh, LeBron's first season in Los Angeles has become a disaster. Um, And the thing that, as I read your piece, it was a thick piece. It was short, but it was was poignant because as I was reading it, Ramona, honestly, I'm thinking to myself, okay, LeBron played for all these different teams and came to L.A. when he was still in his prime. To me, I'm thinking, okay, who has played for the Lakers, who was already a name, or who was traded to the Lakers, or who signed with the Lakers, who was already a big name, and that transferred over. The only person I could really think about was Lou Alcindor's transition from Milwaukee to Los Angeles, and ultimately Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Do you think there's a similarity there? or do you, I mean, obviously there's differences between Kareem and LeBron. Do you see any parity between the two? What are the differences? So, uh, I mean, the one guy... Shaq was wasn't traded here, but he came here mid career, right? Right. Um, as free agent, so I think that's probably Shaq is probably a good comparison, but um, probably the I don't know the thing that, that felt this like it was what it felt like this year. Um, sort of felt like when Dwight came here. Um, you know, still like at the time when Dwight came here, he was traded, right? So mm-hmm. it's, that's a little different in that LeBron chose LA. Um, 
But Dwight came, you know, theoretically, Dwight had said, I will resign with the Lakers. Like, their team, I would resign to if they traded for him. So, mm-hmm. they would have done that deal. He wouldn't have said uh, But when, you know, when that happened, um, it took him a little while to, like, warm up to L.A. It took L.A. a while to warm up to Dwight. He had an injury thing at the beginning of the year. Remember, he is still coming off back surgery. I think I still think he should have sat out a lot longer with that back injury. Um, hmm. You know, I, you know, I, I still think if you look at Dwight's career, and I don't think he's done a good job of articulating this, but that back injury really messed him up. You know, and I, I don't think he was, I don't think he took enough time to heal from it, and I don't think he prepared people enough for how limited he was going to be coming off back surgery. Um, but you know, that's, that's, that's why it kind of reminds me of it, because, like, LeBron had a pretty serious injury this year. Like, you know, that's probably what it is. I mean, he tore his groin muscle, like, basketball player. That's pretty intense, right? That's a pretty tight injury. Um, and, you know, I just don't think we got to see the full LeBron. I, it, just, it feels like a failure to launch, right? Like, it really gets to do his thing on the court. He really gets to do his thing connecting with the fans and his teammates in the city, and, you know kind of all the above and I like um so I, I would say when Dwight was here that's that's what it felt like that and it also the big issue for Dwight was like this is Kobe's team and he wanted to know when it was gonna be his team, when it was gonna transfer over and when he got the impression from the Lakers that there was no hurry to do that, especially with, you know, how Dwight had performed and how the team responded around him. Um, he's gone. He's out. <laughs> right? Now mm-hmm. that's what you have with the Brock, right? Like, you know, I I, I I don't think he's, you know, he's spent four years, and I, I think he's, you know, as, as unhappy with it, how this went as anyone. Uh, you know, I don't think LeBron blames anyone for this. Um, you know, and feels bad about it. But that, that, that is more of what it feels like. Um, this, this sort of like, this first year didn't go so well. My observation of the NBA, particularly um, from 2006 to now, I zero in on Dwayne Wade. Um, he, I think, him retiring at seasons in, in between winning his first and his third championship, he's had he played with superstars. Uh, he, you know, mm-hmm. Shaq came over. You had Bosh. You had LeBron. In year two of Wade and LeBron, you saw Wade, as they say, defer to LeBron. You know, LeBron became the guy. My question to you is: Okay, say the Lakers make a splash in free agency. Do you see a situation where that torch is passed to LeBron, where whoever comes to L.A. is charged as the guy, and LeBron defers the same way Wade did with LeBron in their second year in Miami? You know, it's, it's, it, you know, I, I, no, I think my answer is no to that. Um, okay. Just because so much of the way LeBron plays is that he has to have the ball in his hands. Like, I, you know, he's a he's a playmaker. He's magic, man. Magic Johnson. Like, if, I don't know why we've all had a hard time seeing that for his whole career. Like, because he's maybe he's not flashy like magic, but he's a he's a six foot nine point forward. Okay, he doesn't call himself a point guard, but he is. And and he sets everything up. Everything runs through LeBron. So, you know, there was this idea that things were gonna, you know, they were gonna do things differently. Um, you know, with um, they were going to do things differently, but I, I don't, I don't think so. You know, like maybe he was going to be more of a finisher, and Lonzo Ball and Rondo was great. They tried that for a minute, and it didn't work, and then they just run everything through the body. <laughs> right? So, like, you know, whoever whoever they trade for, they get. You know, I'm, I'm still not convinced of 
of who they're really going to get. I, you know, I don't, I don't know that they get the free agents this year. Um, maybe they get somebody to trade or, or whatever, but, um, you know, as long as LeBron is healthy and still an incredible player, I, I just, I just think that the offense runs to him. <laughs> it just does. Do you think that you went on record, I believe on Mason and I back in the fall, where you said, you know, whatever decision Kevin Durant makes is going to be a last minute decision. Do you think that the Lakers are checked off that list? Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, I, this would be me thinking, guessing, et cetera. And I don't know if it's like forced or anything, but just haven't covered him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can rule anything out with Kevin, right? Kevin mm-hmm. surprises you with a lot of things and many things, but it's just from a narrative perspective, it would have tested him, right? So like go join LeBron's team. Mm-hmm. Plus he just, you know, the, the knock on him now, he's in, he's in Golden State FF team, while he had to join somebody else's team to win. So like, from a narrative perspective, I just don't know what that would get him. And from a team perspective, dude, the Clippers are the ones that are in the playoffs this year. Right? Hmm. I mean, you know, the Clippers have a better team right now. Um, I agree. You know, now maybe Kevin secretly thinks Lonzo Ball is a hidden gem or maybe he's friends with Coos. I mean, I know that they were in boardroom together, right? Coos did a show. I don't know. Like, there might be something else going on that none of us are aware of, but um, I, I don't, I don't see why that, why he would do it. It doesn't make, it just doesn't make a lot of like financial sense or things in narrative sense unless there's something else afoot. Scoopy Radio on the line with Ramona Shelbourne Turkin, talking Lakers, talking Clippers, talking uh, NBA. What to you um, surprises you most about the Clippers this season? Man, I, I think they're one of the best stories in the NBA. Like to me, Doc Rivers and 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 uh, Kenny Atkinson with the Nets mm-hmm. have been like should be right there for the year. And I know probably Mike Budenholzer is going to get that right. Like he's you know the Bucks have taken this. Giant step forward, their best record in the league, and um, you'll probably get it. But man, I don't, you know, look at what the Clippers have done. I, I'm, I enjoy going to Clipper games. I haven't been to as many as I normally do because I have mm-hmm. a little baby at home, so I haven't been going to quite as many games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that I do go to, just like I think the Clippers are one of the best watches in the NBA. I think they're like they play hard. They don't. They have a great system. They're always working together. Like you don't see people ball hogging it, and when they have this pick and roll between Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams and like every team that plays themselves at the same pace but you know that's coming you know that's what they're going to do and they still be doing it every damn time and they're yeah. like if they're so they've just got that down um, I think Lou Williams is fun Montrez might be like one of my favorite players these days like just really good dude didn't know he had all that kind of offensive game when he came into the league right like he was seen as like this energy guy mm-hmm. um but um, plays hard. He and I, of course, you know, like off the court, we sort of bonded because we both have little babies at home. We show each other baby pictures, right? <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's, he's like easier. These guys are easier to root for, you know. And they're just like we always complain about teams that tank, like the Clippers, absolutely tank. They just keep their pick if they tank, right? They otherwise have to go to Boston, their first round pick. Uh, and it would be better if they would get a better. Um, it would be better if they would get a uh, a better pick. And, um, but they don't, they play hard. And I, you know, I, I really, I really appreciate that. Like, I, I think that's kind of how you should do it. Like, as a former athlete, I appreciate that. I right? never, never 
paint or lose on purpose or see that ground. That, uh, yeah, I appreciate that they don't. When you look at uh, baseball uh, in the past, the, the San Francisco Giants some years ago, they won it with the roster of no names or guys that, you know, maybe I don't want to say no names, but guys that weren't just a superstar laden team. When I look at the Clippers, you know, you have Lou Williams who broke Del Curry's record the other day of the Nilo Gallinari. You have Patrick Beverly who, you know, his, his, his smack talking and his, his belief in himself is just inspiring. And then you look at Evita Zubak who didn't switch apartments and he's in the same building he's worked in with before the trade with the Lakers and then go to the Clippers. Yeah. I like Zubak's confidence. How about you? Yeah, I, I like doing he was when I got to know him when he first came in the league. You know, he was a um he was he was just like a pleasant young guy that, you know, he had a lot of confidence even when he came into the league, right? When he when he got on the team. He he was a um if I remember correctly, who was second round pick and there was this thought of like most Europe European players if they're gonna be second round pick they don't go over. But mm-hmm. he just believes in himself. You know, they only like it if they're gonna be a first round pick and I he just believes in himself and what he can do and um you know, just he just took the gamble and said, "I'm gonna play my way into the court." So I, I shoot, I appreciate that. Um, and I, I think he's a really good, really good um, defensive player. Um, worked hard, seen a lot of development from him. But what the question for him is like, he's you know nowadays you want everyone to be a stretch five, right? You can go be able to shoot the three ball, and he's he's kind of like old school throwback center. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so is there room for him in this league? You know, this type of league? I think so. Um, you know, just a question of, um, you know, um, I think, uh, I think the, sorry, I was getting text left on the other line. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there's room for him. To, like, he's a good shooter, right? I mean, what's his free throw percentage now? It's a high 80. So he's a pretty good shooter. And I think, um, I think there's always going to be room for a guy who's going to play defense, big and tall, and good attitude, and can shoot, shoot some free throws. Like, he's not a liability out there at the end of the game. El Camino Real High School's own Ramona Shelburne on Scoot <laughs> Radio, uh, talking NBA and more. First of all, you talked about your your, your newborn child. Congratulations! Uh, you Thank announced you. your birth on October second, two thousand eighteen. Daniel Charlie, is it Barrich or Barich? Barrich, yeah, yeah, Barrich. That's my husband's last name. Yeah. How do you balance motherhood and being an NBA writer? Ooh, it's hard. That's <laughs> not gonna lie. Uh, you know what? One of my favorite moves is I actually learned this one from Rachel Nichols. Um, so a lot of times I will be home and, um, from, you know, I'm home working and whatever. And then I will put Daniel down to sleep around like seven thirty, eight, 8, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. And then I'll get him to sleep and I'll hop in the car and drive down to watch the second half of the game. Except <laughs> that post game locker room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you can't, like to me, you know, I'm not, I'm, I very rarely am writing game stories, right? I'm usually just there to work on a feature or column or report, talk to everybody who's there. Um, they stay in touch with everything, and so like it's perfect, right? You show up, you get the second half, and you and then you see everyone post game. And I get home, and he's still asleep. <laughs> That's one of my moves that I've, that I've learned. Um, yeah. And I actually find people are pretty people are pretty understanding. You know, you, you kind of like I'll be on the phone, and you can hear Daniel crying in the background. You can I'm doing something with him, and I'll put it on speaker, and like they can hear the baby, and I'm like, I'm sorry, this is my son. He's you know. Changing him or feeding him or whatever, and like everything's cool. Like people get it; they don't think it's weird or anything. Like, and I appreciate it because you know everybody, everybody, not everybody does, but every parent who goes through this, you know, understands that it's it's a it's a difficult thing to manage. Um, you know, um, to um, 
to deal with, but uh, we got to, you know, we all got to kind of sort of support each other, I think. Has the baby seat or recognized the correlation between seeing his mother in person and seeing his mother on the television screen? Not yet. He's only five months. But he does, you know, we do have funny photos of him watching me on the jump, and that was kind of, that was kind of fun. <laughs> right? Um, that, you know, we, uh, like, he doesn't know it's me yet. You know, like, I'm on the TV, and, like, I don't think he's quite old enough. But it's going to be fun for him growing up. I mean, the best part was when, um, the best part was really when, uh, we had, uh, <laughs> when, uh, you got all those jerseys from all the teams, right? Like, mm-hmm. so now I got, I got Clippers gear, I got Lakers gear, Bucks gear, Sixers gear, all that stuff. So it's been, um, that's actually kind of fun. Ramona Shelburne on the line with Scoopy Radio, a three-time academic All-American athlete in softball when you made your appearance in both the NCAA tournament in 1998 and the Women's College World Series in 2001. Uh, you... Did double duty. You were a college athlete, and in 1997, you submitted your first article on the men's golf tournament to the Stanford Daily uh, in your freshman year. How cool was that? Um, it was cool to write and to get into it, but I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> like, you know, I grew up reading the LA Times um, and Jim Murray and all that stuff, but, you know, I mean, just from what I was doing then to where I am now, man, like, I had no idea this is what I was going to do with my life, you know? Um, and uh, sure, I'm going to have to go in a minute. Sorry, my phone's pulling up as we're talking. No problem. <laughs> the, um, uh, the, um, you know, I had no idea what's going on in my life and what I was even doing, right? Like, you're just like, you just, you just start. And but I think what the, the big takeaway I had from it was discovering uh, golf, which was they like, don't be afraid of what you don't know. Like, you just ask people and like, I don't know golf. Right, you know, maybe you've seen a couple of tournaments on TV, but like, if you don't know what you're doing, just ask people. Just don't be afraid to say that. Um, hey, I don't really know golf that well. Can you help me out? Can you explain things to me? And you know, a lot of people go into this thinking that they're supposed to know everything right away. Um, and that's really not that's really not how it goes. You know, you have to just you have to really go um, and um, you have to really go and 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 just try to. Uh, like educate yourself. That's what kind of being a journalist is. Is just like get people to teach you. Yes, said, ma'am. You got to run. Thank you so much for joining Scoop. Be ready, and we look forward to talking to Thank you. Thank you. Scoop be radio. Oh Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.